Hello, God morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and today is January 23rd. I am feeling a lot stronger today because yesterday was the anniversary of the passing of my earthly father. And everyone that knows me knows I had an awesome earthly father. And the irony is everyone that knows me today knows that I serve an awesome heavenly father. So I've been just so blessed in that department. And I thank you, Lord. Let us pray the 23rd Psalm. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And now the 23rd Proverbs. When you sit to dine with a ruler, note well what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. Do not crave his delicacies, for that food is deceptive. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Do not eat the food of a begrudging host. Do not crave his delicacies, for he is the kind of person who is always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you, and you will vomit up the little you have eaten and you will have wasted your compliments. Do not speak to fools, for they will scorn your prudent words. Do not move an ancient boundary stone or encroach on the fields of the fatherless, for their defender is strong and he will take up their case against you. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Do not withhold discipline from a child. 
If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. My son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad indeed. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Listen, my son, and be wise, and set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice, and may she who gave you birth be joyful. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Oops. Okay. An adulterous woman is a deep pit, and a wayward wife is a narrow well. Like a bandit, she lies in wait and then multiplies the unfaithful among men. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine. Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind will imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I am not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. When I wake up, when will I wake up? so I can have another drink. Amen. God's instructions from above. Stay with us. We'll be back with more prayers on the 23rd. Just for today, I will try to live through this day only and not tackle all my problems at once. Just for today, 
I will be happy. Most folks are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Just for today, I will adjust myself to what is and not try to adjust everything to my own desires. I will take my luck as it comes and fit myself to it. Just for today, I will try to strengthen my mind. I will learn something useful. I will read something that requires effort, thought, and concentration. Just for today, I will exercise my soul in three ways. I will do somebody a good turn and not get found out. If anybody knows of it, it will not count. I will do at least two things that I don't want to do just for exercise. I will not show anyone that my feelings are hurt. They may be hurt, but today I will not show it. Just for today, I will be agreeable. I will look as well as I can, dress becomingly, keep my voice low, be courteous, criticize not one bit. I won't find fault with anything, not try to improve or regulate anybody but myself. Just for today, I will have a program. I may not follow it exactly, but I will have it. I will save myself from two pests, hurry and indecision. Just for today, I will have a quiet half hour all by myself and relax. During this half hour, sometime I will try to get a better perspective of my life. Just for today, I will be unafraid, especially I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe that as I give to the world, so the world will indeed give to me. Amen. And now, reading from my Bible, the Charles F. Stanley Life Principles Bible, there's always some good nuggets to share. And today, I've selected to talk about how God speaks to us. Through the ages, God has used a variety of ways to speak to his people. He spoke directly with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, meeting them in the cool of day. But after they were expelled from the garden because of their disobedience, he turned to other forms of communication. These forms have included direct revelation, dreams and visions, the words of prophets and others. Today, God's primary form of communication with his people is his written word, the Bible. However, he also uses uh, the circumstances of life 
to teach us his principles as well as the wise and godly counsel of men and women whose lives are committed to him. He also speaks to us through the presence of his spirit within us. The Holy Spirit bears witness to God's truth. We read in Exodus 31, 18, when he had made an end of speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. God has always placed great value on the written word. In fact, the Hebrew people were among the first on earth to have an alphabet that allowed them to record documents. The reading of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Old Testament, has remained a mainstay in synagogue services throughout the centuries. The early church received God's counsel through both spoken and written means. The gospel accounts documents <clears throat> the gospel accounts document the life and words of Jesus, while much of the rest of the New Testament consists of letters from the apostles to various groups of believers. Why such confidence in the Bible? Because the Word of God is His inspired, living, and active message to His people. We read in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The psalmist acknowledged the importance of knowing and obeying the word of God when he wrote, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Centuries later, the Apostle Paul referred to the written word as a weapon to be used in spiritual battle. So take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. God's word really is immovable. Anchor in times of storm. And it's through the inspiration of his Spirit in Scripture that he actively communicates with us today. God's word is an immovable anchor in times of storm. Listening to God is essential to walking with God. Amen. Stay right there. We'll be back with some more from the Bible. My prayer for you, dear wish listeners, <laughs> wishiners, what's a wishiner? <laughs> uh, is that you will come to know the power of the Bible. 
what you hold in your hand is everything. It is your strength. It is your wisdom. It is your friend. And it is your guidebook to life. Here's a good question I came across. How do I keep my focus on God and not on the obstacles in my life? There are many a time when fear can paralyze the bravest of hearts. When we perceive a threat to our well-being or an obstacle standing between us and our goals, we often fear that the overall plan for our lives is in serious jeopardy. In those times, we need to remember the promises of God. When the Israelite spies set out on a a reconnaissance mission to assess the land of Canaan, they had no idea what they would encounter. It was a great honor to be chosen by Moses for such an assignment, and Moses selected the top leader from each of the 12 tribes for the job. Yet all their training and leadership experience did not prepare them for something so overwhelming. Who had ever heard of a grape cluster so huge that it would that it had to be carried on a pole and lifted by two men? Who could possibly be prepared for Canaanite warriors so massive that they dwarfed the best of Israel's army? It is no wonder that these spies felt a whirling mix of emotions as they headed back to their commander-in-chief to give a full report. You can imagine the scene. Moses and Aaron, Moses' brother, gathered the people to hear the news. The spies confirmed that the promised land was indeed everything God said it was, but they focused on what they saw as the obstacles to their taking the land namely the giants who lived there. They gave an accurate report, but they failed to give the whole story. Only Joshua and Caleb spoke the truth. These two faithful men recounted what they had seen and then reiterated in their own words the promises of God that had brought them to this point. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. Joshua and Caleb lived to see the promised land, but only because they focused on the goal God had laid out for them and not on the obstacle that was standing in the way. The blessings that God has in store for you are just as rich. Never allow short-sighted vision, especially one focused on obstacles, to block the far-reaching plan of the Lord. Amen. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what 
God sees. Obedience always brings blessing. Amen. Ooh la 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 la. <laughs> I love the word of God. It is just so comforting. Woo. God's purpose for your life says fixing your thoughts. Luke 12, 25. Which of you by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? What do you think about most? Is it something you lack? A relationship? Or some goal? To what does your mind turn when trouble arises? As a Christian, you may immediately answer Jesus, but I challenge you to track your thinking to the actual thoughts and phrases that arise within you. The reason I say this is because as you seek God's plan, a great deal of anxiety that you feel may be due to thinking about the wrong things. It could be that you are so concerned about what you lack in your life, what others think, or issues beyond your control, that you fail to focus on the very promises and purposes of God that will bring you peace. You may believe that you are being proactive or responsible by fixating on certain details and situations, but you are not. All you're really proving is that you do not trust God to guide you. The Lord cares more about getting you to his destination than you do. Focus on him. Truly, truly fix your thoughts on him replacing the messages of any worry with his truth because he will not fail you. Jesus, I confess that I am surprised by the things that I really think about. Help me replace my worrisome thoughts with only your truth. Amen. Ooh, if only we would just keep it simple, right? Just keep it simple. Throughout the New Testament, we are told that our battles do not take place in the temporal realm, but in the spiritual realm. In nearly every book of the New Testament, we are told to not be afraid. Only believe, gird up the loins of your mind, renew your mind, and put on the mind of Christ. We are taught in Romans that to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. We are instructed to take every thought captive. Every battle is won or lost in the arena of your mind. I like that. The arena of your mind. Bow your head. 
According to Philippians 4.8, I declare that my thoughts are governed only by one thing. True, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not to curse. Father, renew my mind with your word. Cause it to transform my thoughts so that my speech is in perfect alignment with what your word says that I can do and be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stay right there. We'll be right back to end the podcast. And now, my daily prayer to end this podcast. Close your eyes, bow your head, and let us pray. Dear God, as I begin this day, Let me turn my thoughts to you and ask your help in guiding me in everything I say and do. Give me the patience that I need to keep my peace of mind. And with life's cares, I hope, dear God, some happiness to find. Let me live but for today, not worrying what's ahead. For I have trust that you will see I get my daily bread. Give me courage to face life's trials and not from troubles run. Let me keep this thought in mind. Thy will, not mine, be done. And if some wish I do not get, though I have prayed to thee, help me to believe and understand you know what's best for me. I've failed you many times, I know. But when tonight I rest, I hope that I can kneel and say, Dear God, I've tried my best. I will always try my best. Amen. And speaking of your best, today is a new day. There's tons of people out there that are looking to you to show them the face of God. Can you just do that? Can you just show them the face of God in your speech, in your actions, in your giving, in your thoughts, in just the way you look at them? How about that? Dear God, I've tried my best. That's all you can say. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Come back tomorrow so that we can pray some more and get all the blessings that God has in store. Bye for now. <laughs>